afternoon. This is the weekly wrap for Saturday, July 15th. Well, technology is a wonderful thing uh, when it works. So we're using a backup system here for recording. Hope it comes through okay. Uh, we have a pretty active week this week for information from the USDA, uh, from the Federal Reserve. And um, so we're going to dive in at the very top, which with what is probably the most important development for us, as manufacturers of commodities. It's the CPI print came out on Wednesday below expectations. Um, so inflation now clearly rolling over very aggressively now that the rent component is being uh, sort of worked off, so to speak. So, uh, you know, apartment rents and housing rents are falling pretty aggressively here. And so now the overall CPI print is at 3%. Uh, mind you, the Fed funds rate is at five, five and a quarter. And they're expected to raise rates one more time here on July 26th, putting that Fed funds rate at five and a quarter to five and a half percent. So there's going to be a pretty big disparity between interest rates and inflation. And so the market is now anticipating this to be the last rate hike of the cycle. Uh, and the, the response by the market was quite interesting. The first thing that happened on Wednesday was the U.S. dollar rolled over, basically crashed. And so we broke weekly support technically on the U.S. dollar, indicating we're in for a long haul of downward price pressure on the U.S. dollar overall. It's a very important development for us as manufacturers of commodities that get sold in the global economy. Um, it, it puts us at a better advantage, better prices for world buyers. So now that the dollar is down about 5% uh, over the last uh, month and a half, uh, we're now that much more competitive. And so 80 cent cotton is now 75, 76 cents. Corn, $5 corn is now 475 in the world market. 1370 uh, beans are $13. And so those are just how prices correlate uh, just versus the dollar alone. Uh, crude oil uh, responded in kind. It, it has bumped up from the low to mid 60s now to 75.50. And so we're, we're bumping up against key resistance areas on a weekly basis. If we get above 75, $76 a barrel, crude oil is gonna get ready to run too. And so there's a very strong correlation uh, to crude oil and the value of US grains. So we'll keep an eye on that development as well. Mind you that managed money is uh, pretty flat footed on this trade. They've been short the stock market. They've been short commodities during this rate hike cycle. And now that it appears that the cycle is over, uh, there is the thought, the belief that as the dollar rolls over, money will flow back into commodities. So not only will we be competitive globally, but now we're going to have managed money theoretically jumping in on the commodity bandwagon. Uh, U.S. equities have also skyrocketed. So we're at highs in the S&P that we haven't seen since April of 2022. So that's a really big deal too. So we're basically in the Goldilocks economy now. Everything's just right. We've got good job growth. We've got wage growth. We've gotten through the worst part of inflation. So everybody theoretically has got a little bit more money in their pocket now. And so the economy should thrive pretty strongly over the next six months. This has in fact pushed out the idea of any kind of recession until well into 2024. Uh, now, instead of the first quarter, more like the second half of 2024 is when the recession is being projected. Uh, as far as uh, headlines coming out of Russia and Ukraine, 
The Grain Corridor drama continues to linger on. That expires on the 17th. There have not been very good advancements and discussions over the weekend. Um, so we're you know, fully expecting Russia to cave on their rhetoric and keep the corridor open. So I think that's what's basically priced into the market. But if there were a shutdown next week of the corridor, that would be uh, beneficial to the wheat corn price globally. China has stayed very active in the world markets ever since the price uh, shock of the soybean acreage miss here in the United States. China has been in aggressively cleaning up Brazilian beans uh, ahead of their needs for the fall, where the United States has the most competitive bean price October forward. And so soybeans, uh, now that we've lost those 4 million acres, uh, you know, our balance sheets are tight and are going to stay tight for the next eight to nine months. No question about it. No way around it, actually, especially now that China is exposed uh, and open on purchases October forward. Uh, additional pressure is coming from Canada, where their crop losses are starting to escalate. Uh, they're two to three weeks uh, away from maybe one of the larger disasters on their wheat crop, their canola crop, their corn crop. Uh, the drought monitor is locking in, and so, you know, they will be uh, a less of a competitor for the United States on their exports uh, in, into China, especially when it comes to canola and wheat, and may even be a possible buyer of U.S. corn and U.S. oil seeds going forward as their crush falls. This is on top of, you know, what was a complete collapse in the Argentinian corn crop uh, and bean crop. China is suffering under some extraordinarily bad weather themselves, so we anticipate severe crop losses on the Chinese corn crop. Uh, the only saving grace was Brazil with a good-sized bean crop and a healthy corn crop, but they've done a really good job managing inventories and keeping product off the market better than the market expected. And so corn basis lifted off this week, ironically, uh, out of Brazil, and so we, we've seen quite a bump in global corn basis. The big uh, USDA report was on Wednesday where, you know, they didn't really surprise us on corn and didn't surprise us on beans, uh, on wheat or cotton. Uh, their numbers came in pretty close to market expectations. Even some of the, the data that I printed in the balance sheets uh, in the video last week. But the big shock was in the soybeans where they, they you know, crushed demand far more than what the market was expecting, found some old crop beans like magic. Uh, and then basically dealt the market a pretty serious blow on those inventories. What was interesting was there was pretty big violent price reaction on Wednesday. But on Thursday, we came right back and, and basically completely rejected that with, uh, you know, a huge move in soybeans, a pretty, pretty big move in wheat and in corn. So, you know, we closed uh, on Friday 30 cents higher than the USDA report closed on Wednesday on corn. We closed 40 cents higher on beans, 30 cents higher in wheat. So, you know, when you see price action follow a USDA report like that, it is sort of a signal from the market that they are rejecting the USDA data. So as far as a marketing standpoint here, I know in the Delta and the South, we're going to be marketing or harvesting some corn here in the next several weeks. And there is concern from some of you from a cash flow perspective that you may need to market that corn and may have missed your opportunity. Uh, and, and so the way around that right now is since we are so open on understanding the corn crop, I'm getting some pictures in from Illinois on what is severe damage on the corn crop, even though from the field it looks okay. We're starting to pull ears and there's 
pretty strong indication of some damage uh, due to that drought in June. And so it, it opens the door that, you know, to me that when you've had a drought in the month of June in Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, that is goes back 120, 130 years, you know, long before any of these farmers were around, there's, it's virtually impossible to put in perspective or understand the scale of the damage of, to the crop. We know that these new technologies are amazing and corn and beans can do some wonderful things. But again, we're just in uncharted territory with the low subsoil moisture and the extreme drought that we experienced in June. No way to know what the yield is. So we're going to need to work around that from a cash flow perspective. So if in August you're harvesting your corn and you sell it off the combine and, and, and bring all of that revenue in, to pay some bills, uh, I'm going to strongly recommend that you go back into the market and buy a March corn call spread. That means you would buy the 550 corn call for 25 cents, sell the 650 corn call for seven. So that trade, that hedge would cost you 18 cents. You're essentially long at 550 on the corn board. You're short at 650, but you're not in a marginable position because you own the call. Uh, at the lower level. And it, what it does is it gives you uh, an opportunity that if sometime in January we realize the crop isn't there, uh, instead of a 175 yield, it ends up being a 165 yield. We surprise the market in January, which we have shown has happened several times before. Corn decides it wants to rally to six, six fifty, seven dollars based on a shocking yield loss. You're going to be in the market and you have an opportunity to make a dollar. You'll be long at 550. You'll be short at five, at 650. The most money you can make on that spread is one dollar. Um, right now, closer to the money that spread, uh, a 530 uh, call is 33 cents, and a 630 uh, call is eight cents. So that spread is 25 cents. It'll cost you a little bit more money to be closer to the market. And I'm not recommending you do this now. I want you to match this off uh, the second you harvest your crop. I want you to come back in and buy the March call spread. And we'll talk about it at the time and I'll keep you updated on that. Um, but that's a way to maintain ownership in the market while managing cash flow. And because again, there's just no way to know what the yields are. And we won't, based on the difficulty of this crop and how it started, we're not going to know the yields until January. And that's just a tough situation for cash flow for some of you. In an ideal world, I, I don't want to sell any more corn. I, physically, I want to wait till we know what those yields are. So in an ideal world, I want to wait till that January report and figure out whether this is a, a 550, 6, or 650 corn market. Uh, but only time will tell based on those yields. Uh, from the soy marketing, we still have that target intact of the 1427 on November beans. So just below that area, you know, for those of you not sold, let's get that first 30% sold there. Some of you might want to do a little bit more marketing, uh, but then the next target is $14.99 technically. And so I, I see, a, you know, an absolute opportunity to get there. The weather that we're looking at going forward is turning warmer and drier the last week of July. And so if that holds on for August and we have to start pricing in a yield loss on soybeans, you know, we'll, we'll get to $15 very, very quickly, but that's still my overall fair value for soybeans. And so we get to $14.99 just in that area, just below that area. I want to get up to 60% sold on November soybeans. For wheat, uh, we did get that spike up to $7.50 on Chicago and $9 in KC, and we did a hard pullback. And now that it looks like we're, we're still bottoming process, 
I do think we'll ultimately go back and retest those areas of resistance. And then ultimately, in the long run, I'm looking for $10 Kansas City and $8.50 to $9 Chicago wheat. We're, we're starting to see some severe crop losses in Canada, even in the, in the United States, uh, additional crop losses. It's very hot in, uh, in, in Russia, so we're expecting uh, a drop off in their production as well. And so those are longer, those are the near term and the longer term targets. For cotton, we still very much are grinding around this 80 cent area. Every time we dip in the 70s, we seem to buy demand. Every time we go back into the mid to upper 80s, we, we see active selling. And so we're going to be locked in this range until we have further clarity on total planted acres, which I believe are still overstated by the USDA. Uh, total abandonment, which is very difficult to calculate until you harvest the crop. And then, and then what the total uh, yield is going to be. And then so without knowing that supply side, uh, you know, the demand... At this point, we've got both sides of the balance sheet very much unknown. And if the U.S. dollar weakens and gets U.S. cotton more competitive, I could see a pretty strong demand pull uh, for the later part of the summer into the fall. So ultimately, I do believe we're in a, in a wide-ranging market between 75 and a dollar on cotton. So here at 80, obviously, we're in the lower end of the range, in my opinion, and I don't want to do any marketing. I'm going to have to wait for a test of 90 cents before we do any light physical market and some and some hedging with some options. So that's the update. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. We'll talk to you soon. These are my opinions and not those of ADM or ADMIS.